your best bets it's the week of the honda classic uh we have the review of the genesis invitational from last weekend uh another elevated event on the pga tour that really delivered uh we'll talk about that talk about john Rahm, max homa throw some tiger in there as well and uh later on some uh some review of full swing uh the new netflix documentary documentary um that's uh I have some mixed feelings on, and, and we'll talk about that later. Um, Johnny Strauser is here. He's back. Johnny, uh, we're finally seeing some spring weather in Fort Wayne. Finally, finally seeing some, some decent weather here. This is, you know, I think this is a Midwestern, like, third winter, though. So it's, it's one of those things that I think you just enjoy. Walk out in short sleeves when you can, and, and uh, we'll probably get a get this for a couple days, and then it's going to be back to being cold. But, you know, we keep plugging along. We've entered the, we're going to enter the Florida swing here, the PGA tour season. And that's usually when I start to get excited that, you know what, we are going to, we are going to start to make our way towards nicer weather up here in the Midwest, but uh, nice to see the sun today. You know, I haven't seen it too much and too often lately. So, you know, get to talk about or get to experience that and then talk about some good, good golf here. There's, there's always that like second or third week of March where it's like a six, eight inches of snow and you're like, what the hell? Because you feel like you're on the precipice of really good weather that that kind of sets you back. It feels like, or like a dusting the first week of April. Um, but for largely the last two weeks have been great and it's given you a glimpse of, all right, we're, we're close. We're close. Um, the Genesis, Genesis Invitational, I mean, I can't speak tonight. Um, that was a good, really good golf tournament, and um, I, I guess I go back to our our 2023 draft that we did in the fall with Dave Belleville, and uh, I think you you called out, uh, rightfully so, John Rahm is going to have a huge year, and uh, you couldn't have been more correct at this point. Um, a, a lot of things back that up, that he's having at least a historically great beginning of 23. Um First player to win three calendar events this early uh, since Johnny Miller in the 70s. Um, I, I actually saw right before we went live on Data Golf that he's he's having in the he's in the midst of a best his 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 best 50 round stretch of golf ever, um, and the fifth best 50 round stretch that they've had in their their analysis going back to 1995. Um, his strokes gained since January 1st is 3.8. The next guy on the list is 3.1. That's max. Um, everything on the, on, on the stats show it. The eye test shows it. He's the best player in the world. And uh, it's it, it could be a frightening year for the rest of the tour. If he can maintain this this game through through much of the season, yeah. He, he's got another three to four wins in him. I mean, realistically, is he going to do that? Probably not. You know, you if he, if he wins a couple more times, I think that's going to be uh, going to be really good. Um, but you know, I had talked about on, on the preview shows and um, had talked about it last year through several podcasts. But when you know, when he quote unquote was struggling, um, he, he just wasn't getting putts to fall. wasn't uh, uh, something was was wrong. He kind of 
you know, obviously he's corrected that because his, his putting is is remarkably better. Um, he, he's hitting the ball, you know, as good as any player in the world right now. But the the putts are falling, and uh, you know he's playing good golf. And NFL the Genesis, he got some good breaks. He got some good bounces. I mean, he got a couple just amazing ones at Genesis, more than what the the normal golfer would get, you know, in the course of four rounds. But when you're playing that well, you know, I, what was it? Uh, probably Ben Hogan or somebody. The 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 more I played, or more I practiced, or the better better I got, the luckier I got. So you know, it's just one of those things that everything's going his way right now, and this is kind of. This is very rarefied air, like you said, the first or the quickest to win uh, three times in the calendar year this early in the season and everything since the the 19 was it 1970s. So, you know, just remarkable stuff, Um, you know, and and my thought on on the Genesis Invitational, you know, he had two of the three best players in the world and in or two of the four in Max Homa and um, and John Rahm two of the best ball strikers on one of the hardest and most demanding ball striking golf courses that there is, you know, in the world and the conditions were tough and, you know, they, they were the two that set themselves apart um, and really almost made it, if not for, you know, for Patrick Cantley's pretty good play in the final round almost was uh, felt like it was a two man Mm -hmm. two-man game that they kind of just separated themselves so you know great playing and this golf tournament was awesome because you know it it brought out two of the best players in the world two of the best ball strikers like i said so pretty neat to see this elevated event you know it's tiger's event it's it's got it's la it's it's the riv it it just had just so much to it and it just felt so good and even though it wasn't a major it it to me kind of felt like that with uh you know just the whole thing about it one more stat sorry these are these are amazing one more i forgot uh out of the last 10 tournaments he's played he's um he's played against uh 1025 players in those 10 starts 19 have beaten him uh out of 1025 over 10 tournaments that's insane um, and it's just, I was thinking this the other day, you know, we talk about who's best is the best and I don't, I don't know if we'll ever really know that. Right. You know, we've, we've debated in the past DJ, Justin Thomas, Rory, that's probably the three we think of. Um, obviously Rom's best is right there, but his floor is probably the highest floor on tour. Um, you can always count on him. It feels like to be in the top 20, um, he hardly ever shoots over par. Um, even when he's not, doesn't look like he's playing well, like Saturday, like he was still a few under par. It, it's just his his floor is so incredibly high because you pretty much know what he's going to do off the tee. Um, he's one of the best drivers of the golf ball. His iron game is, is solid. And um, we've said it before, it's what we expected last year and when he really struggled putting for a long time. Now – now the putts are dropping, and now he feels in uh, pretty much unbeatable. Um, so now it now it's just a question of okay, what what's next? You know, um, what are you going to what are you going to do with the majors? Um, I think the last guy to win two majors in a year was Brooks, um, twenty eighteen, I believe. Is that right? U.S. Open PGA. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not surely giving him one, but I'm just saying if there's a guy out there with multiple majors in any season, it feels like Rob this season. Um, and to echo what you said, this tournament is just so good. I think it's both of our at least top two or three favorite non-majors. Um, Riv just looks amazing. Um, just the way the sun hits the golf course and set down in between the hills. And it's just, it's such a good test and it's, it's really good TV. And I loved it. I loved it. And Sunday was great because you, you felt like Max was really proving something. Um, even when he didn't have his best stuff clearly off the tee, he was really struggling on the back. He was managing to put up a fight. Um, and I think we were texting like, man, Rom's kind of giving some shots away. And as soon as we said that, he 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 cans a forty footer on fourteen to really take a stranglehold of the tournament. And from that point on, it was over. I just can't be more impressed with him. I think he's really well spoken. Um, he's harnessed his emotion obviously a lot the last couple of years, and uh, I just don't think there's much slowing this thing down. So I can't wait to see what he's going to do the rest of this season. Um, Max, we've obviously talked about a lot on this podcast, a, a favorite of ours. Um, uh, you know, I was almost more impressed with him this week than any other of his wins because he's going toe-to-toe for the guy that's been playing the best the last six months, and um, he nearly beat him, and he, he's finally in the top ten in the world. It, it's reflective of what we've been seeing the last few months, that he truly is a top ten player. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, Max is just, he keeps proving it and proving it. And every time I see his number pre-tournament drop, like plus 1,600 this week, I'm like, I just can't do that. Now, at some point, I'm just going to have to buy in and say, okay, this this is what it is. He's got a valid chance to win almost every tournament he plays. Yeah, these numbers, even if you look at Rom, I mean, we have not made John Rom a best bet because of because the numbers have been you know, plus 650, plus 750, that, that is, that's unheard of. You know, you don't, we've always said, you don't really want to, unless it's a major championship, you don't really want to bet a guy under plus a thousand, but I mean, he's proved, he's just proven us wrong every single time. And it's like, well, you know what, maybe you've got to kind of throw out the number and just say, you know, who's going to win the golf tournament there. So, um, you know, with, with John Rahm's number there, that that's something, I guess that we're going to have to readjust when we look at it. And if you think the guy's going to win, you just got to bet him at whatever number it is. Um, one more thing about Rob before I go on to Homa here. Um, yeah, John Rob, where how he's been able to harness his his outward emotions, and he's still that same very emotional um, guy that I think you know from when he was in college and presumably before that. But I think right now with those the outburst frustrations that he gets, he's able to harness those the best I've seen since tiger tiger had always done that. You know, tigers, as we all know, we've all watched him as hard as he is on himself. He's able to completely block that out and move on to the next golf shot and, and execute it with like, you know, if he, if he didn't hit a good one, the, the, the shot before he's able to do, uh, hit, hit a golf shot, like, you know, the, the previous one didn't even exist. And I think John Rahm's at that point now where he, he can take that, that anger, that, that frustration, that whatever at that moment. And as he's walking up the fairway, it is gone out of his, out of his head. And, and I think that is what has always kind of hurt him. And now that we see, 
see that he's able to to kind of control that. I mean, that's that's pretty scary there. But on to on to Max, I was actually very very impressed with this. Um, I've been impressed with how he performs in in all of his wins, but he's been able to close every single time that he's been um, you know he's been up there. This is the first time where he had to go against you know essentially the number one player in the world, um, a guy who's you know the, the most talented guy out there, and you throw the throw in that he he had the poles with his driver and he doesn't normally hit his driver that poorly, but for him to get it within contention through basically 16, 17 holes. And really, if he would have chipped that one in on, on 18, you, you know, he could have put some pressure on, on, on Rob, but to be able to not have his golf game and, and still be able to perform and not falter. I mean, he could have easily with the ball. I mean, 76 was not out of the question, you know, mm-hmm. something like that, but he just kept hanging in there, kept, kept playing you don't always learn much about yourself when you win something well, in, in this case, a golf tournament, but a lot of times you can learn a lot about yourself through your failures. And this is the stuff that this type of big enough event here, that it's, it's very similar to how a major championship will be. And losing, losing this isn't a bad thing if he's going to take something away from it. And you know, he's a smart guy on top of a really good player. And he's very thoughtful. It is in, in how he thinks and, and talks and everything. You got to think he's going to take away a lot of this and, and hopefully come, you know, come Augusta here. He'll take on that, that, you know what? I was pulling the driver all the time. It wasn't hitting my, you know, my traditional cut. I, I wasn't crisp with the irons, you know, maybe he'll take that and, uh, um, you know, use that failure towards another tournament, like I said, like at the Masters or the PGA, you know, or something like that. But you know, he's he's a guy who's here. He's he's a top, he's a legitimate top ten player, and probably like I said, easily top four in the world right now. Um, so he's a guy that you know, I think every single week you're going to have to look at uh, look at where his number is on the betting card. And and you know, before if he was at like what twenty five to one, we were like, nah, you know. But if he was getting up to like 40 to one, 50 to one, it was like an auto bet. He's at that point where, you know, you look at what number JT is at, what number Morikawa was at, you know, what number the uh, Scotty Scheffler's at. And if they hit that certain number, you know, he's going to, he's now put himself into that category up that over that, that elite group of guys who you, you know, if you think he's going to, if you think he's going to win, you got to bet him. And if he hits a certain number on the odds, you almost got to bet him because of the potential and the win equity he's got. Normally he, he, he wins when he's driving the ball in string. Um, like we said, he did not do that th- this last week. That's why it was impressive. He was where he was. Um, he was number one in putting for the week. Um, actually he putted so well, he was one putt off the record for um, least putts in a 72 hole event. I didn't know it was that good. Wow. Um, um, David Frost, by the way, 2005 Harbor Town, uh, holds the record. So shout out Frosty. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, so what that's impressive that he's figuring out different ways to get the ball in the hole when, um, when really the, the, the best part of his game was, was not working. So, uh, just gonna be more impressed with him and his ascension to a to superstardom. I mean, I, I, I just did not see this coming. Um, 
I think I think outside of those two, I think the next storyline from Riv had to be Tiger. Um, uh, you know what he did, what he did, and what he does continues to sort of defy expectations and just defy logic. And um, you know, I I went on the record a couple times last year and I said he's he's not going to win. He's not going to win a major and. And additionally, I don't, I don't know if I like watching him try. It just, it just, it just doesn't. If I, if I don't see Tiger at the top, I don't know if I want to see it. But this version of Tiger is maybe the most interesting when he's trying to battle his his broken down body. Um, I think he feels like his golf game is still there, and he's in this spot where. Um, you know, I don't think he knows what else to do with his life other than try to play and try to compete. And so I think that m- makes him infinitely interesting, especially as we go forward. Um, for this event specifically, I, I think he he played really well. Um, yeah, I, you can see things kind of running out of gas there the last 18, maybe specifically, um, you know, the middle of the round there. But to do what he did on Saturday, shoot that low round, getting inside the top 30, um, first tournament in what eight months since the open last year. I think he exceeded everyone's expectations. You know, he he looked he looked a lot better physically, a lot better, and I, I know he still looks you know in in that broken down kind of form. But you know, I was I was a lot under the same thought process and and thoughts is is what you got is he's just coming out there just you know not really to 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 compete and but seeing how that leg in the last eight months had uh had improved um he was hitting some golf shots that back is still holding up and i think that's going to end up being the key and he's going to He's going to get, continue to get healthier. You know, he played in the Pro-Am, so he did actually play uh, five days in a row. So, you know, probably did run out of gas after that that fourth day. But if he can continue to to get that leg stronger and stronger, and, and I know he's run out of years. He's, there's, a, there's hopefully a couple more years of that back. I mean, I, I think that's going to be the big thing. But I would have said at the after the open championship his chances of winning you could have given me 100 to 1 odds of winning a, a PGA tour event again and i i don't think i would have taken that bet i i think it's significantly better i mean you know he's just he's not going to play in the volume of events and the, the events that he's going to play in are generally uh, pretty hard golf courses um so that's, that's the problem though like if he's yes. going to if he's going to win again. He's either going to have to win a major or against a ridiculous field. Yeah, um, uh, I, so that's the hard part. Exactly, and you know they're talking about, and he's not going to do it. But they're, they're talking about the if he played any event between now and the Masters, it's going to be Bay Hill, which is a hard golf course, which is going to have an elite field, and the Players Championship, which routinely has the best field in golf year after year after year. So you know it's one of those things that. He's, but I think you know he's going to be good enough, healthy enough that well, if he's healthy enough, that he'll progress enough to to be competitive. That that maybe on Sunday, 
you know, he'll be relevant. He'll be 15th. He'll be 10th, you know, something like that, where there, there's going to be a little bit of a chance there. But, you know, now that it looks like he can, he could walk 18 holes, it, it's just, you know, does, how badly does he want that, that next win? Um, and he's, he's going to have to, you know, I think curb your expectations a little bit and, and pick an event that's, uh, you know, I'm not saying that's good. You know, I'm talking about like Honda or Puerto Rico or something like that, but you know, something that's going to be a little bit more winnable because, you know, he's always struggled at Riv, never played well there. And, and to play as well as he did, there was a lot of promise and I'm excited. I'm not going to get too, too jacked up about it because do I, do I think he, he wins ever again? I still don't think he does, but my, the chances, like we said, I said a hundred to one. I'd say I'd say ten to one, maybe even better than that. I mean, I think there's a realistic possibility. I mean, the other thing is uh, 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 on top of it that it, let's say he is healthy, these guys are so freaking good right now. These golfers are, are they're not the same guys that he played when he was 25 years old. So you know, just the fields are are insane week after week, and the ones that he's going to play in are 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 the same as well. So, you know, it it would be the even if it wasn't a major championship, if he were to win that last event, win one more event, I think that would just be the the unbelievable the 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 peak of his career. I would walk off. That would be it, and and everything. But you know, I just. I don't know. I, I just don't think so. But but there was a lot of good things, is what I is what I'm thinking. Yeah, I I agree with most of, most of what you said. I I I don't I don't think it's going to happen. But I also think there's after watching him this this week, I, I think there's a better chance, much better chance than I originally thought eight months ago, ten months ago. Um, I I yeah. I, I just think the main problem is is he's only going to play in the biggest events now. Um, and I just can't see him winning an open beating Rory and Rom and Scheffler and these guys. It's, it's, it's just an incredibly tall task. And by the way, could, could, could they just wave the Genesis? Could, could they have just waved him say, Hey, you're the host, you're tiger. You don't have to play in the program. You don't have to put that, that extra round on your body. Like we're going to give you a break. Come on, PJ tour to get your shit together and just give tiger a pass on that. Um, we, we need, we need all that you know, that energy and time spent Thursday through Sunday, not Wednesday through Sunday. Um, I, I, I am interested. I know he, he told Amanda Renner after the rounds, he, you know, he wasn't intending to play a lot. He's pretty much circled the four majors and, and that's his goal. But I, I do hope, um, you mentioned Bay Hill and the players. I, I hope if he plays one of them, I hope it's the players. I, I feel like if you talk about a course fit at this point in his career, I think that is a, just a better fit. Um, I know he's won Bay Hill like 7,000 times. Um, but I just think at this point in his career, it's, it's, it's a, I mean that place is hard and it's long, and we've 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 talked about how hard that they have made that course and how how hard they've made it play. I just think with his games with uh, with his game now, um, little you know distance isn't a priority for him. It's it's irons and placement off the tee. I think that would be a good fit if he can if he can squeeze the players in before the Masters. But uh, it was it was fun. It was fun to see him out there. Like I said, I think it's it's going to be very just interesting. And you know, some of his quotes now are a little bit more introspective, and um, 
it's as he's kind of coming to, to an end here, it's it's going to be uh, an interesting way to see how these next two or three years go as his body continues to kind of close up shop. But we'll see how long he has left. Anything else from uh, Genesis, either on the course or the players or um, anything like that? I, I think we saw a lot of good players that, uh, that ended up uh, playing well. And there's some guys that are trending that have had some good weeks. And then uh, to play a, a good week at uh, um, at Riv, and if they can carry that over into the Florida swing, I think you need to watch out. I mean, you know, we've always talked about you know this show a lot. Uh, Saith Thagala um, finished with 60, yeah. 68, 66 on the weekend to finish top ten. Uh, Kalmarkawa hit the ball pretty good, had just some atrocious stretches of putting. Um, the ball striking, I think, is there, so it's just. He's kind of close. Um, some other names that we weren't sort of used to that I, I think are quite interesting. Um, Matt Kuchar with a top 10 finish. Um, Jason Day's playing some good golf. Yes. I, you know, I think that back is is pretty healthy there. So there's some interesting names here that uh, didn't really expect and, uh, um, you know, should be kind of interesting coming up here. But uh, love this event. You know, I'm always sad it's over, but you know, then it means it's another another week closer to spring. But this is always a good one to uh, to enjoy here, and uh, I think a, it's a good kind of chef's kiss to the to the West Coast swing there as and, and as they move on to you know all these great events here that are coming up in Florida. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Jason Day. I, I think he's. I mean, I think we have to take it seriously now. I mean, it's. Mm-hmm three or four finishes that have been really solid in the calendar year. Um, the Keith Mitchell, I mean, this is two events that he's contended in now um, uh, here in Pebble. Um, I'm actually shocked and kind of disappointed he's not playing Honda where he had his only tour win. Yeah. Um, it just made sense. Um, maybe he's kind of gassed from, from the West Coast swing. I get that, but Man, he's playing well. Man, he's so good off the tee. But oh, his putting is just—I mean, I, I felt like uh, he made—he makes some putts here and there, and he's—he's he's right there with Rom. So I was—I was pretty impressed with Mitchell. Um, Zalatoris with a with a sixty-four on Sunday kind of shows maybe he's—he's he's getting closer. I know he mentioned he's not all the way there, but it's a pretty good tournament to say you know I'm, I'm trending. Um, best bets, uh, looks like we had, I had Shane Lowry top 20. He finished T14. That was, uh, plus 300. You had Tigala over KH Lee minus 120. Um, and Zach's run of fir- first time ever on the best bets. Um, uh, just, just a, a ladder play on one guy, JT, um, misses out on the win in the top 10. But I think he finished T twenty, so he T20. gets a piece of gets a piece of the minus one fifteen, um, the minus three thirty top forty. Uh, so good, good call, Zach. <laughs> I, I guess, I guess. Um, JT let us all down once again. Um, but yeah, great tournament. Um, I I thought this one felt different a little bit than Phoenix. Phoenix, I guess. I don't know if it's the, you know, the party scene or you know. Dudes are just chugging beers, and you guys say this is an elevated event versus Riff, where it just it just felt like you're watching something big on Sunday. I think that's what the tour is striving for. Um, so it 
it's it, it's nice to see how this has played out with these events. I guess the next one is Bay Hill, um, and uh, we kind of see how that that one works out as well. If we continue this trend of okay, we have these leaderboards at the elevated events, this is what we're going for. I mean, I would think at this point, this works. How this is sponsored. Um, we'll do our two minute live golf update before we talk about full swing. Um, Danny Lee, Brendan Steele, Thomas Peters. That's uh, if you if you compare it to like NBA free agency, right? A couple weeks ago when things were just going crazy, um, and you had like you had the Durant trade, and you had all these. That that felt like that felt like Dustin Johnson going to live right now. What's the what's how do we compare Peters Lee and Steele to the to the NBA free agency? Who who was that? I you know what that's a good question. I I I don't know. Was it was it, was it the Pistons for James Wiseman? <laughs> that was there. We go. That's that's probably something. Uh, yeah, it's probably a good comparison there, but. Uh, yeah, you know, with with these signings, I mean, their their big signings were were who they have before that it was Munoz and uh, Mito and Mito and Mito was was kind of a significant one, but you know what? What, what I would ask, like a fan of Live or Live, it's like, I mean, Thomas Peters does that does that move the needle? I mean, that's you know that that's just a guy who's you had all this promise, all this talent on the DP World Tour, and and not really done much. And you know, I don't understand why why Liv needs to go after those guys. They're not just field fillers, but they 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 kind of are. Um, Danny, you know, they're just has been for a long time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Danny Lee, you know, Munoz, you know, you want. If if I was if I was live, you got to go after these young guys or figure out a farm system or, you know, I know they went with uh, with David Puig of Arizona State, which is which is a good get. He would be pretty. I think he'd be fairly relevant as a guy on the PGA Tour right now if he wasn't on live. So you know, guys like that, you know, Brendan Steele isn't gonna like. Hey, I'm gonna go download the CW and watch the final round of, of Mayakoba here to, to see Brendan Steele on the fireballs or whatever team he plays. I know he's not on that team, but, but uh, a- anyways, um, who are we going to bet the first round leader now with Brendan Steele gone and, and Munoz. I mean, that, that yeah, is, that's, that's yeah. kind of it. Those are two, two guys, but you know, it's just, they're whatever they're, they're not they're You know, you got, some point you got to move the needle a little bit and and these guys don't even do it one bit you know i thought so you know obviously with uh um dustin johnson was was the big one and then you know joaquin neiman was i think pretty gigantic i thought that was that was a real real big one but these guys who you need to get like you know cam young or wills al torres or you know, these real young guys who can who are going to be you know, great golfers uh, on the PGA tour. That's who you got to go after this, this stuff right here is just like, okay, we're just going to spend more money um, to, to fill out the field instead of getting guys that we names, we can't pronounce, you know, that they've used from, you know, from the, the Asian tour or, 
you know, the, you know, any of those other small tours like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. I, 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 I see they're playing in Mexico this next week. So, you know, I, I get, I can see why they wanted to, to add to the teams a little bit. I know they, they finalized it, but I don't really have anything that like, I mean, other than just like who, who the hell cares, you know, to be, and that's not like, not in like a, a mean, nasty, like, Oh, you know, way, but it's like, you know, after Mito, it was like, okay, you added some other guys who don't really matter. They, they, they literally don't really matter at all. And it's like, what, what direction are they going to go? Are they, are they going to try to go after these, these, you know, these, these big names and everything that are on the tour. And I know they have, I know they've come up with numbers and everything like that, but it just seems like this is, was supposed to be, you would have thought a big off season for them to expand the schedule, to build their teams up. You know, they, they, they kind of redrafted or, or reacquired and rebranded some of the teams, which I don't hate the team thing at all. If it was done in a more clear, yeah, clear format was- or anything like that, but you know, they, they, they do the things like that. And then they're like, Brendan Steele and Danny Lee. That's, that's it right here. You know, no, I, I bet you, I bet you, you know, a chunk of the people who who are watching right this on YouTube right now are like, I don't even know who those guys are. So, you know, it's one of those things that I, I think you can see the problems that are going on and and uh, and and going after these names. It's like you're just, it's just like a, a NBA team or a baseball team that's making a bunch of trades and just acquiring acquiring people, just just athletes, and they're just they're with no purpose of where they want to take it. So I don't know if I don't know if you have a better idea of it. I mean, or have any defense for what they did, but I I can't I can't give them any I can't give them any credit. Yeah, I never had much defense for 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 their decisions. Like like we mentioned in one of the shows, like all the things that were going to make it different or interesting, like the team aspect, and they've they've screwed it up, or the or the drafts, like. They don't show it. They they don't they don't they don't televise that part, which is different and interesting from anything we've seen in golf. They there's no transparency on that part. You don't understand the team aspects. You don't. I, I still didn't. For, you know, following the events loosely like I did, I never really got the, the team score. Um, and then the the first true off season. Then yeah, your your headliner is Thomas Peters. It just feels like a missed opportunity, and and again, I I just feel like this thing is not. It's lost a lot of momentum compared to like where we were at, around the open last year when Cam Smith had rumors of going, then he wins, and then then it's like oh shit, they got Cam Smith. Like what's what what's the next shoe to drop? Um, it just feels like from then to now, it's been a lot of a, a big missed opportunity. Um, as far as Peters goes, uh, yeah, I think he's he's this tantalizing talent that really hasn't fulfilled his ability. I think we think of the 2016 Ryder Cup when he teamed up with Rory and how good they were that, that week and kind of thought, man, this guy's got a game that he could contend in majors and, and win, win on the PGA Tour, not just the DP World Tour, but he's never really gotten there. I know his, his world ranking's 34th. I didn't realize he was that high. Um and I, I, I think I commented to you that the, the my first thought was, oh man, that's a that's a potential Ryder Cupper that that Europe is losing. Um, I don't think he was a lock for the team by by any means, but he was at least going to be in the conversation as 
uh, a potential pick if he didn't qualify in points. But that's just one more guy that the that Europe can't factor in the equation uh, once we once we come to uh, the Ryder Cup in the fall. But yeah, this it, you're right. Steel, Danny Lee, field fillers. This is there's zero impact to these signings. Um, there's all kinds of these guys on the PGA Tour. Um, so losing these guys is literally no big deal. Um, Liv, this week at Mayakoba, uh, going up against the Honda. We'll see if uh, see if there's going to be any any ratings from uh, uh, next Monday with uh, with their with their telecast on the CW. Uh, all right. So full swing. Um, so spoiler alert: if you have not watched the first two episodes of Full Swing, uh, fast forward through this area uh, to get to our Honda preview. Uh, I don't know how much we're going to give away, but uh, if you've been saving Full Swing for a good binge weekend, then then don't listen to this part. Um, episode one: um, Justin Thomas and and, and George Spieth were were the profiled uh, guys in this episode. And I've watched five episodes. I'm, I'm further along than you. Um, and I've been, I've been really waiting to, uh, I've been chopping at the bit, talking, kind of waiting to talk about these, these episodes with you. And I, I my first thought was I gave the JT Spieth episode. And I think I said a five out of 10 to you or maybe six at best. Um, I said it felt like an episode of Inside the PGA Tour. Um, it felt like. There had to be some sort of version of Spieth JT having a, a lot of control over what was being filmed and what was going out and what they were saying. Um, I think back to the 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 obvious um, you know planned phone call that uh, Jordan made to, to JT, and it just I just felt embarrassed. Like why did they have to put that in about what what his speech was going to be um at, at the wedding of course Spieth is JT's best man and and it was you know something along the lines on you know you're I'm, I'm gonna say everything you don't you basically I'm just gonna you got to st- stick to the script because otherwise you're just it was just it was like this really corny joke and and I was just like oh no I'm thinking that like if no one has watched these guys and like you're brand new to the PGA tour you're watching the show you're like I'm gonna check this out I've heard the drive to survive people are making this I, I, I didn't come off as thinking this is this is not going to attract new fans. This this series is mainly for the hardos like us. Yeah, they they they're trying to get the the people who don't usually typically watch it and everything. And I they they kind of start that first episode off pretty soft. I mean, you know, going with to the two all American boys, you know, the Captain Americas, you know, you know, going over that and 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 having both of them as the, the the primary vehicle of that that first episode there I, I would probably rate it something like that you know probably a little bit better because i did i really did like how they covered the uh uh the pga championship so it, you know it's kind of neat that they got uh they got the winner of of the pga championship there behind the scenes and during the event you know and and i thought was the 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 big part for me that i thought was absolutely fascinating was um, after that third round in the, after the, when they had that bad weather at Southern Hills, uh, Justin Thomas was shot like 76 or 75 or something like that, basically fell out of contention there and, uh, you know, showed him grinding on the range and just not having answers, not feeling good about himself, not feeling good about his golf game, feeling 
sick with allergies and you know his dad's just kind of watching on the, the cbs trip that was that was the most interesting part of the episode him walking that, into cbs <laughs> yeah that that part there and showing him just you know not that's that's kind of that that was the neat stuff to me is seeing the seeing the, the the raw emotions of you know how these guys you know portray um or how they behave you know when we with the cameras don't see them you know, when they go home, you know, and everything, and a lot of it was corny. Uh, you know how they were going back and forth, and you know they were they were giving each other shit. You know, playing in the practice round at Southern Hills and everything like that. But it it was a it was a soft kind of introductory thing, but it kind of got the two of the big faces of the tour out there. So you know, hopefully to grab the interest and everything. I wish it would have gotten a little a little deeper. Like I'm sure some of these episodes get into, but you're right. They probably had a lot of control of what was, what was going to be uh, out there. What wasn't, but you know, it was a, it was a solid start to the season. It at least got my interest. And um, even though a, a golf hardo, like, like we both are, you know, it was one of those things where it was like, okay, we'll see how this goes. Hopefully this is one of the, the more benign episodes compared to the others. Yeah, and, and and as critical as I am, I, I actually went back and watched it a second time with my wife, so I obviously didn't hate it that badly. Um, no, I, I still enjoyed it. I, I wanted to see the di- – I mean, it it's just like you play on the notion of uh, JT and, and, and Jordan are, are friends. Here's their story. I, I guess if you haven't known that, I guess we know that. We know that story so intricately well for years that it has just become this tired – uh, replay, but I guess if you're new to the game, you, that's that might be an interesting dynamic. I also think they did JT a little dirty with talking about Spieth's majors early in his career, um, but we know largely that JT's been a player player for the last three four seasons um, by by quite a large margin. So I also, you know, I thought it would be interesting. You know, they showed him on the private jet. I know there's a lot of people on Twitter with some backlash about them, you know, jet setting around. I'd be interested to to kind of hear them, you know, talk about travel and and why they use that mode of travel, why it's beneficial. And, um, you know, they also showed Spieth going to a a shoot, like a commercial. Um, You know, a little bit more on that would be interesting, you know, sponsorships how that plays into their career balancing both the financial aspect of of when you have multiple sponsors and how you can get pulled around um i thought if they're going to dive into that and show them at that shoot get get these guys to talk about that a little bit you know that's stuff that we don't really hear we don't get the details about i just think there's some opportunities lost you know they showed jt on the range with his dad and they showed him with the swing and he said i fucking hate when i do that what 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 is it that you hate? Can we can we see? Can we get into the details of your golf swing? What are you working on when you're on the range with your dad? How does that process work? Um, I just think there was. It's like they scratched the surface on a lot of these things, and maybe for for time's sake, they could do it all and do the PGA part. Um, you know, in a 45, 50 minute episode. So I get that, but I I feel like there's just a lot of opportunities to explore some of these things a little further that would have been interesting to hear. Also a nitpick, the the, the fucking sound from the PGA, I, I think they were looping in, um, you know, sound from other tournaments, the actual play-by-play into that, uh, into that PGA. Like, you know, they, 
I don't I don't think that was the actual sound from Jim Nance and Nick Faldo on, on certain holes Ian Baker Finch. I think sounded match up with what I remember. Um, also a nitpick, but again, if we're gonna go, we, we just gotta go all in on this. Um, so that was just some some other thoughts I had on the episode. Um, again, I, I I was hard on it, but I, I just think it was average. I've seen five. I put it fourth out of five of the ones I've seen so far. Um, episode two, conversely, I gave it a ten out of ten, and I thought it was fucking fascinating and awesome. Two was two was way better, and it, yeah, ten out of ten at least. I mean. The the insight into Brooks Kepka that is the stuff that's the stuff that we want to see. We want to see, you know, how he's got that where he can't make a putt in his head, and how him coming clean and saying, you know what, back in my younger days when I was playing well, I just go home and and I wouldn't even think about golf. And you know, he was obviously he was very very distracted um, by by his golf game. He admitted he was. He was frustrated, and he said all he was thinking about was his golf swing. I mean, this is a guy who who has basically said he hates golf and only does it just because it's a job to him, and and all the kind of passive-aggressive comments he's got against the game, how it had kind of de- defeated him after he had defeated it for so many years there. But, you know, I think a case in point there was when he 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 was sitting in, the, in his bedroom there, and Jenna was showing outfits or something like that that she was going to – bring on a trip or something like that and he couldn't he he didn't know he didn't know a thing that she was saying i mean he could he could care less there but that's the that's the cool stuff i'm glad they got brooks on there because he's gonna keep it real and he's gonna be honest and and that's the stuff i think and i actually thought that made him a little bit more likable because i think when when we as a society see someone admit that they've been defeated or they're they're wrong you know we're we're I think more apt to to feel sympathetic and everything. And, and that's the type of stuff that I think he could have been a little more honest for in, in his interviews, not related to his golf show that, uh, um, that could have made him more likable. Now, I don't think he really cares. He's always tried to play that, you know, that, that, that douchey bully guy who, you know, is better than the system, better than everything, type of thing and and you know he had all the reason to back it up i mean this guy was unreal for you know for a couple years stretch there but i i'd like the vulnerability that we saw from him um in that episode i i i thoroughly enjoyed that part of it there um but uh i mean did that make you at least like him maybe a little bit you know thinking okay you know what he's actually admitting he's yeah he's pissed yeah And, and If if it didn't increase his likability to to some people, I think it at least made him more believable um, and interesting as as a person to to follow going forward. I mean, shit, he literally said, I cannot compete with these guys. And he he had this kind of mini obsession with Scotty Scheffler specifically. Like he mentioned him several times, like he cannot, he cannot keep up with Scotty. He cannot, he's not playing the same game right now. You know, you talked about, I bet Scotty's not thinking about this right now, or, or he's not thinking about his golf swing. Like I just thought that was wild. I mean, we're talking about the best major player of this generation, basically saying he was defeated and he had no answers. Uh, I just I thought that was uh, that just floored me. Um, and in a way, you know, I mentioned earlier about JT and Spieth having 
I, I just I just felt like they had some sort of control of what was being put out there. I don't know if Brooks really knew what he was getting into 100% when he was kind of revealing all this stuff. Um, I, I just I just can't I can't see him going into a Netflix meeting and saying, "Sure, I will tell you every I will spill my soul to you, and I'll let the world to see uh, let let the world see that." I I just don't know, but regardless, I, it was it was so fascinating, and this is of course leading up to before the his official um, decision to go to live was made, but it kind of puts you in that in his mind where now you maybe understand why he went. Um, obviously he was not confident in his game. I think his, his injuries had caught up with him and he probably saw it as his last opportunity to make a, make a huge paycheck. Um, so you just can understand it a little bit. Um, Scotty was also profiled here. Um, I couldn't have been less interested in him only because I just don't, I, he's just a boring, nice dude. Um, you know, the, the, the most exciting part was him and his wife walking to get coffee. And, uh, um, I, I don't, I, I, again, the Scotty parts are fine. Uh, him and Ted Scott, that, that was fine. But the Brooks stuff was, was a million percent awesome and interesting. And, um, it was easily my favorite episode so far through, through five episodes. Yeah. You know, when he said he can't play with those guys anymore, that was Thursday night of the Masters. I mean, that is during a major championship. When you've got to be on total focus, you know, you've got to think that you're the best player in the world and nobody's going to beat you. And he's sitting there at dinner um, saying he can't compete. Can't compete. And I mean, you you got to know that that was. I'm not saying a hundred percent of the the reason he went to live, but that's. That, that's I think he just kind of come came to terms with his body, although he's 32, 33, 34 years old now, is is just not going to ever, you know, re- return back to that form that he was when he was with with, with that as that dominant player. So he kind of I, I agree. It did it, it kind of let in who he who he thinks he is right now, and I don't mm-hmm. think he's too far off. So you know. I can't believe anybody. I mean, everybody's free to do whatever decision. So this isn't like whether you should have or should, but definitely was very, um, a very, very humanizing episode where the first episode wasn't, you know, like you said, with them on the, on the jet, he's calling, you know, JT's calling his, his then fiance, Jill saying, Hey, we just left the golf course. We're going to go fly out. We'll be, we'll be home in a little bit, you know, type of thing. That type of stuff is, is, you know, stuff that we can't relate to the Brooks stuff though. That's just like, dude, that's, that's yes. what, that's what most of us as you, me, and a lot of people wake up to thinking, you know, we're a bunch of washed up pieces of shit. And that's basically <laughs> what he did that episode there. And yeah. And, and there's really nothing to say uh, uh, about Scotty Scheffler. I wish they would have gotten more into it, but you know, or it had better footage, but they probably didn't, you know, the night before when he won the masters and he, you know, they said he was afraid of winning and afraid of the moment and all that stuff. And his wife was like, they probably didn't have the cameras on him at that point. Right. And they probably were like, you know what? He's, he was the best player in the world last year. We got to have something on him, but you know, him just yeah. walking to get coffee and, and everything like that, that was, there's it, nothing wrong with it. Like you said, that's just who he is. He's the most unassuming, probably number one player in the world that there's ever been. And, and that's just, that's just how that was. But 
overall that was just that was that was great that was the stuff i think that we wanted to see we want to see that type of stuff what goes on behind the scenes and and of of these guys because they could you know they put their faces on um you know in the press conferences in the interviews on the golf course and and they're they have a very normal side like we do and it's just neat to see the the honesty and, and emotions that they that they have like any one of us I felt like Scotty, he said three different times, it's so hard to win out here. These guys are so good. I, I felt like that was like his go-to line at multiple yeah. points. I'm like, okay, yeah, we got that. Um, yeah. And then one more thing about Brooks. It, it felt like it was like a, a wrestler thinking back to his old day, like a burnout wrestler with, with when he had the blonde hair and his down on his luck, down on his confidence. It just felt like this burnout uh, ex pro wrestler, think back to the golden days when he sold out Madison Square Garden to twenty thousand people. I, I, it's just it was, I, it was so much more, just I mean, captivating than I ever thought Brooks would be. When I heard he was going to be part of it, I was like, he's just going to be his typical dick self, big bad and, Brooks. Yeah, yeah and, and we got the opposite, and I loved it. Um, so I can't wait for you to catch up and see uh, the next few. Um, uh, I think your next one's Poulter. After that's Joel Damon, and then uh, Fitzpatrick and, and DJ is number five. I just finished that one on uh, uh, Sunday morning. Um, can't wait to see what you think about Joel Damon. I, I love that one, and if that doesn't make him infinitely more likable, I don't know what will. Um, so, Honda Classic. Uh, what fifty minutes into the show? Fifty-five minutes into the show. Um, really, the the. I mean, we've talked about it being a scheduled casualty the last two years we've done this podcast. I mean, at this point, it is the, it's like a tragic figure in the schedule now between Phoenix, Riviera, Bay Hill, and players. And that five week run is the middle event and it just gets shit on now as far as the field. I was looking back, I think 2014 or 15, it had the, the best strength of schedule strength of schedule field strength i'm thinking i'm like in college basketball mode as you can see strength of schedule I'm like joe lenardi over here cracking out cracking out some bracketology Troll. yeah um yeah tomorrow night at michigan state um but the field strength 2014 2015 it was tied as the highest non-major field strength with memorial um just seven eight years ago and i i I think back to the days where we had that rory tiger finish i think in 2012 i mean this was the event not that long ago and now our headliner sanjay and shane lowry well when they had um for for the longest time the players championship was moved into this florida was in his March window here. And then for several years, they moved it out to May after the Masters, um, which kind of spread out that Florida schedule a little bit and allowed these guys a little bit more freedom to play in more of the events there. But And they moved it back a few years ago, and the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hills, mm-hmm. what it is, um, you know, where they they basically built and they they – um, create the golf course like a major championship and and you're getting you know you got a lot of the west coast guys they don't want to uh come over here after playing all those those california and arizona events come over here and everything but the golf course is probably the hardest one that they play in the florida swing um 
it's real close to where a lot of the guys live. They live in Jupiter, Florida, and it, they can drive to it. I mean, they could stay to it, stay at their house and drive to it. And great golf course, tough conditions, uh, good crowds. And this was like the event. And I think that was, that's when it peaked when Tiger shot that, what, 61 or 62 in that final round um of the of the honda didn't end up winning it but because he was so far back but uh um after that it's just it's just a bad part of the schedule there and it's even worse now with you go elevated event elevated event honda elevated event and it just keeps going there because the florida swing is just that good so unfortunately it's probably this is the last year honda is going to sponsor it and i would not be surprised if it dissolves for several years until they can find out an acceptable event there i'm hoping i wish they would move it to like after um country club of jackson the sanderson farm tournament move it there and get one in right before um right before thanksgiving you get you'll get the good weather um you know obviously you have to worry about the hur- hurricane weather because it, it's still during that season but w- w- i think they need to keep this golf course on the schedule somehow and make it a try to make it a big event as big as you can um you know late in the season there at, at the start of the the wraparound season so unfortunately um the field reflects it the odds reflect it um it it's it's a sad, sad thing to see it slowly dying off, but uh, might be the final kill shot here this this coming season once Honda drops off. But uh, hopefully, we could figure out here um, some some golfers to pick because I think there's you know, yeah, there's some good, there's some decent names that I think we can find some stuff. We may not pay the prices that we normally wanna wanna get on them, but. Uh, you know, there, there's definitely going to be some some good players here who've who've had some good finishes and I think are playing good golf. The the, the Honda the last ten years, I mean, the, a lot of a lot of winners over eighty to one. Seb Straka was a hundred last year. Matt Jones two years ago was eighty. Uh, Twenty nineteen, Keith Mitchell was three hundred to one. So there's there's some opportunities we've seen stars win here though as well. JT, Ricky Fowler, Adam Scott, they were all less than twenty to one. So it's a mixed bag of what you've had here. Um, nine of the top fifty are here. Um, that's not great after the last couple of weeks, but it's to be expected. And I think before we went live, I said I think this is an opportunity from a betting standpoint. If you didn't do well the last two weeks, like myself, um, you know, to kind of go the other way and and pick out some guys where there's really no clear cut favorite. Some of the favorites you're not going to pay this price. Um, so there's some opportunities on this board, I think. Um, as we mentioned, Sanjay M is is the guy at, at nine to one. Um, Shane Lowry at fourteen. Uh, Minwoo Lee, uh, he's coming over from the DP World Tour at twenty two. Denny McCarthy at twenty two. Alex Norton at twenty two. Matt Kuchar, oh, 25 to 1. Chris, <laughs> what? Chris Kirk at 25. Aaron Wise at 25. Thomas Dietrich, JT Poston, Harris English, Billy Horschel, Adam Spenson at 30. I've made one bet. Can you guess who it is? From that, it's it's in that range, too. The 25 and less? 
the thirties and less. Yeah, thirties and less. Thirties and less. You uh, you have bet Denny McCarthy. Hmm, that's a good call. That's that's not right, but you, I wouldn't argue if you like Denny this week. He's been playing well. I think he had a he have a sixty four at, at Riv on Saturday. He did. He did. Yeah. It's not Denny. It's um, and I got him with the three hundred plus three hundred boost on DraftKings. By the way, that's available this week as well. So I got him at twenty eight error wise. I I didn't even I skipped right over him thinking that's, yeah. Aaron Wise, is actually, I think, is a good pick here. And you're right. DraftKings does have a uh, plus 300 boost. Uh, use that. And if you like any guys in this top bit here, use that boost on any one of them. Um, Aaron Wise is, I think, a great pick. A, a, a good ball striker. And you, it's going to be windy. The course is hard. you got to be able to hit it far. Uh, good driver of the ball. I mean, it's, it's really strokes gain T to green, I think, is the big one here. Um, Aaron Wise is a good player. And, you know, like you've been hot on him, um, that it's gonna it's gonna happen at some point this year. I I'm beginning. I actually do believe you um, with with pretty uh, pretty much 100 percent certainty. I think he's gonna win. I, I think he's gonna win. I hope he wins soon. I I, I like him at 25 to one. I would use the boost on him. Um, I do like Denny McCarthy. Like I did mention, um, played really good in uh, at Riv. Good putter. This is his kind of specialty here is the Florida greens. Um, the, he likes that type of grass, the Bermuda grass. Mm-hmm. Um, Shane Lowry though. I don't, I hate the number, but the, I think mm-hmm. the theme of this year is I think you got to ignore the number and just bet the guy you like. Um, he's the other guy who I, I'm probably going to bet last year should have won the event played well last week. Um, so he is playing good golf. You know, he got caught in that thunderstorm there or that heavy rainstorm and ended up, uh, um, not playing the the last hole well, and Sepp Straka went in and 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 took it out from underneath him. So those are the those are the guys agreeing on Wise McCarthy, and I like Shane. Shane's a good play. He again he he started, uh, you know, surfacing last week. T fourteen, uh, pretty much positives across the board, and his statistical profile looks like he lost strokes putting, which is which is always a little surprising for him. But I think he's probably a better putter on Bermuda, like you mentioned with Denny. Um, so I can't disagree with any of those plays. Um, I'm not touching Sanjay, of course. Um, Chris Kirk, I think, is a reasonable play at twenty five. He's he's had um, I don't know his history here, but I feel like he's He's such a good – he's just solid all the way around, and he is a guy that I trust to make a lot of birdies as well. This course can really if – you, if you're off, man, you could shoot 80 in a second. It is your uh, typical Florida course with a lot of water, and you could, if you miss it both ways, I mean, you, you could get penalized um, pretty significantly. Billy Horschel at 30 is kind of interesting, but I don't think he's played great this season. Um, what I – just thinking about it. Spencer at 30. Um, That's an, I like him. Yeah. I mean, like him this week. Played well last week. Um, the system play, as we call him. Um, ball striking. You just have, you have to put that first, no matter what you think of the guy as a putter. Spencer's not a great putter, but man, he can hit the ball. Um, so I like that as a pivot play, but I'm with you. Wise, McCarthy, Lowry at the top. Um, 35 and above. 
to 55. Taylor Pendrith, Johnny Vegas, Lee Hodges, Cam Davis, Adrian Moronk, uh, Steven Yeager, defending champs, Sepp Straka, Ben On, S.H. Kim, Joe Bramlett, Danny Willett. Sepp Straka. Sepp Straka at 50. Yes or no? Small amount. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like him on a top 20 and sprinkle a little on a win bet. I, I, dude just pops up from nowhere. And I have a feeling this is going to be – I don't have any data to back this up. I have a feeling this guy is going to be one of those guys who will consistently play well on courses that he's had – uh, good success on it. he just he fits that just the eye test of he seems to play when he gets comfortable he he plays really really good golf and and i don't think he'll run it back this year and win it but i i don't want to miss out on a decent number for him with some top 20 insurance i mean you can go top 10 if you want it but i i think uh there's no telling this guy. He's like, he's, it's not one of these guys that, you know, we talk about, yeah, he's trending, you know, he's starting to play well. He's just got to figure out that last little part of his game and then he's going to be good. I don't think I, I just watching Sepp Straka in, in a few events last year, it doesn't, it just feels like he, when his golf swings comfortable, when he's, when he's seeing the, I think he hits that one consistent fade ball flight and that is it. And when he sees a course that he's going to feel comfortable, he just feels like he's going to be a good guy year in and year out. Just, uh, just to kind of hammer, not hammer, but bet on the, on the same, uh, um, uh, same courses year in and year out. The shit he was doing against Alan Torres in that playoff. Um, yeah, I mean, just out of nowhere too, where he had missed like, previous 10 cuts or something. Um, anyone else in that range? Yeah, I like, uh, I don't, I don't love the number, but again, when we get to 50 to one, I still think these guys can win. I don't know if I'm convinced if I can get him to win, but I like him in a top 20 is Ben on Ben on has been playing some good golf. And I, I, I think that he's this, he played the D or played the uh, Corn Ferry Tour last year, and I think he's really motivated um, not to be back in that position next year. So, you know, these these events with the weaker fields, I think he's got to take advantage of because if this was a normal field event, you know, with more of the top twenty, top twenty five, top thirty players, he's got no chance at winning. But I, I still think he probably should be more like sixty to seventy to one. But you know he's been firing off a lot of top 20 finishes. So, you know, look at him in top 20, top 30, top 40. Um, I definitely think he'll make the cut and, and, you know, play pretty good there. Also Taylor Pendrith, the numbers a little short at 35, but he's had some success here and, and, and he's a real good player. Um, you know, it, he's going to have to hit a lot of good iron shots. He's a good iron player. Um, it's just whether he can make those putts, but you know, Tita green, he's, he's, He's 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 pretty fantastic. So um, I'm gonna have him on my card in somewhere here, and even a little bit, like I said, at that plus thirty five. And I, I I agree with you what you said before we start going over these odds. This isn't, I think, the week where you go heavy in on one or two guys. Maybe take your your win bet um, budget and spread it out over six players, 
and you could still get the same return at uh, at these higher numbers. Based off the history, a lot of long shot winners. I, I'd rather spend my money that way. I believe. Um, I, I kind of hate this range, to be honest with you. I, I want to like Cam Davis so bad. I've bet Cam Davis a couple times this year, and he's been awful. He's been legitimately awful. I think he's missed four straight cuts, um, three straight cuts, but it feels like four. Um, and he's had an eighth place finish here, but I, I can't in can't spend my money on him this week. Um, you know, I kind of feel. If anyone in that range, there's always an Englishman in the mix to win this tournament. Um, yes. You know, Fleetwood in the past, um, Lowry, Holter. Holter, I guess Lowry, I, I shouldn't say Englishman, I guess Euro Euro guy, Norin before. So Danny Willett, uh, 55. He yeah. played pretty like well that. last week. And I think he has that, that ball striking. Um, prowess to, to to manage this game around here. You know, the winning score might be six to eight under. I trust Danny Willett in that situation more than a uh, birdie fest. And, and, you know, he was in that playoff in the fall against Max out of Sonoma that he lost. He really should have won the tournament. Um, that wasn't that long ago. So, Danny Willett, 55, that's the only one I feel really good about um, taking a chance on that range. Um, 60, uh, 16 above. Uh, for time's sake, we won't go through the names, but I guess 60 and beyond is what should, we should say, Johnny. Anyone that interested you um, in, in for a win bet or a top 10, top 20? I do like uh, um, Robbie Shelton this week. Um, top 25 machine here, here in the last six months or so. Um, I think he played... I think he played California or played Riv and and played well, but has a lot of top twenty five finishes. Um, uh, good all around player. I, I think you can uh, comfortably bet him, you know, in some capacity here. He's definitely going to be on my card, and I like the eighty to one. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a little bit on a win bet there um, as as well. So you could get him at you know, I'm looking top ten is is seven to one, which is pretty pretty ridiculous. So that that's a guy who I'm uh i'm gonna be big on there um <laughs> and then you know who else go- isn't playing that i wish was uh ricky he normally plays honda normally plays well oh, yeah. here he's well yeah, here the and, and, and he's and he's playing really well he finished t20 last week yeah um final round 67 uh kind of bummed not to see ricky or mitchell here Anyways, I think that, re- that really goes to show you how these guys are focusing on these elevate events if they could get into them yeah. because yeah you you'd normally yeah. expect those guys um let's see here I really want to bet because it was going along with the the uh um the European bet was Callum Terran mm-hmm. um he played well a few weeks ago I, I don't know if, if he played at Riviera. Uh, or what his recent, like extremely recent form was, but he, he's uh, he made the cut, I believe, a couple weeks ago in in Phoenix, I believe, um, hundred thirty to one. I don't, I don't think he's going to win it, but I think you know, I fully expect that he'll make the cut, and you know, you could, 
You could look at a top 20 or 30 bet on him. Cause I, I could, I could name another year, you know, English player and just say Harry Hall. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> although, although he's not a bad pick though. I think uh, he's going to, we, we talked about him having a good season. We, so you did. Um, did. Yeah. No, I'm good Dale. I'm good here. Uh, Pearson Cootie making the start. I thought about him. I thought about him. I mean, you can't see him winning, but uh, top 20 number, maybe. Ugh, yeah. It's, it's gross. It's gross. Um, Grayson Sig for me at 130. I, I want to like Nick Hardy, but Nick Hardy hasn't really shown us much uh, so far this season at 75. Um, gosh, I, I before we put our best bets out, I'm going to have to do some digging down here at the the you know the second half of the board because it, it it's it's tough to differentiate the guys that are at 100 versus the guys that are at 180. To be honest with you. And um, there, there's just there's a lot of names in here that either we haven't done our research on, or they just haven't been guys for a long time. Jason Duffner at 250 to one, he's making the start. Chris Stroud, I mean, so you have that mix with the Vincent Normans of the world, and I know we kind of mentioned him before, but it's it's hard to get a feel about where these guys uh, where their game is at. These guys that are 101 and higher, but I do like Robbie Shelton. I do like that play. That's a good call. Yeah. I will bet most likely, and I will bet in the smallest amount possible, uh, uh, Camilla Vijegas first round lead. Mm. I see. Guy, guy right, I mean, if he sits at 500 to one, yeah. I mean, his first round lead number is hopefully he has a morning tea time, is going to be just, is going to be really nice. And, you know, 200 to one first round leader. Two yeah, a dollar bet wins you two hundred dollars. So just anybody, you know, interested there, he's a guy who can do that. But if he's playing in the afternoon, he's probably dead. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll have uh, to look a little bit more at the 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 bottom of the field. There, there's some names, but you just got to look and see if they've got any kind of form. And probably because they're that deep on the on the odds board, there there isn't much at all. But you know. You just, you can look at some of these guys like uh, Austin Smotherman or you know I yeah, can't even it's, it's it's bad. I mean if 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 a guy like Thomas Dietrich is going to win a PGA Tour event, it's and maybe Thomas Dietrich is the Euro guy, but goddamn, what a what a field to go up against! And I mean, if you can't beat this field, Aaron Wise, that's what I'm saying. This is your tournament, buddy. This you got this. So Aaron Wise, best bet sounds like. It's it's lock it in, lock it in. Shit, you can get him twenty eight to one on on um, DraftKings. I mean, there was tournaments at the end of the year last year where he was twenty to one against a much better field. You're getting a hell of a number on a guy that's a top what forty player. Take it. That's all I got for Honda. I'm good too. Okay, best bets. On Wednesday for the Honda Classic, um, we'll have them up. And uh, tomorrow night, Michigan State, IU. Who you got? Who do I got? Who do you think I got? I don't know. Are you going to trash IU again? That worked out well the last time you did that. Yeah, so that worked can- out really, really poorly. <laughs> if you could do <laughs> more of that. Those things do. <laughs> no, Michigan State, I think they're um, they're they're obviously they're searching for some stuff, and, and uh, they're hitting that, that – that dog days of the season there where 
normally they get to March and, and get hot, but they've had some injuries and, you know, with the, with the event that happened on campus, you know, you don't know how that it's going to affect those guys. And, um, they played, they played Michigan pretty tough except for the past or for the last like two minutes of the game and then just got boat raced out of the, out of the arena. But, uh, I do expect them to make the tournament. I think they'll they'll win a game or two in the Big Ten tournament as long as they don't have to play Purdue because they cannot beat they can't beat Purdue. They can't. Zach Eady is just they don't have anybody that they don't have enough guys that can guard them. So um, I'm just hoping that both teams have fun, and I probably won't bet the spread because I use a team that started great hit that lull and now is playing some good basketball. So I expect IU to win that game, but you know, yeah, we, we got oh, we'll the, uh, we got the, the Saturday night game as well this week at, at Purdue. Um, so back-to-back row games going to be a tough week. Um, if, if we could split them, I'd be thrilled. Um, but uh, it's tall task, tall task to win, to win really either of these games. Um, all right. Check us out. Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Um, I don't think any other shows this week, but uh, we'll be back hopefully next week to break down the Honda Classic and talk about the next couple of weeks of elevated events on the PJ Tour. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.